everybody! Greetings and salutations to everyone. Welcome to the sixth season of Timeless Gamer, where the games and gamers grow older while the gaming experiences will forever remain timeless. Your gaming podcast show brought to you by the beautiful people of Pinoy Retro Gaming. And now we are live in Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And for all of our archive videos that you still have not watched, oh my god, guys, you can still check out on our YouTube channel, Timeless Gamer PRG, or you can just listen to us talk. That's fine. Still available in Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Apple Podcast, Samsung Podcast, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, Pandora, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Deezer, must I spell everything out for you guys? And previously, in Thomas Gamer, we discussed everything that we could muster within the two-hour uh, time slot. Uh, we had Sir Viraj the last time we, the last time he was here, all about the Game Boy Advance game, and we um, uh, he was able to show off. He was able to <clears throat> not really show off. He was able to flex all of his Game Boy Advance. <laughs> so to all of you guys who, um, who who still have not seen the the replay of that show, you can you can still you can you can still see that uh, so that you can see and um, and gawk at all of his rare items so now uh, rare games uh, all still in pristine condition actually and we are uh, and we also uh, we also discussed some of our top choices for the Game Boy Advance games so that that, uh, that episode is still quite available guys on those websites on those uh, uh, on those platforms that I mentioned earlier and for this episode of Timeless Gamer it's all about the indie games which is uh, this is like what uh, 58 episodes in and now we're just discussing the indie games that's just just to show you guys how out of touch we are <laughs> with independent game developers oh uh, we apologize but although better late than never yeah so mm-hmm. this particular topic uh, suggested to us by one of our uh, new uh, guest panels right here which is Sir Greg, coming in from New Orleans. Say hi, uh-huh. Sir Greg. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I am a construction plumber by trade. I have been playing video games ever since the age of four. Super Mario Brothers for the NES was my first video game I've ever played. Introduced me into the world of gaming. And a couple of years later, I would play... Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog on the Genesis and those two franchises I still follow to this very day. Uh, Mario showed me this uh, how fun simple gaming can be whereas Sonic has always been my Dragon Ball Z it has shown me how fun and epic gaming can truly be. So and since since then I've been I've been bouncing kind of everywhere in the gaming scene. I yes I did come up with the idea of the uh, doing an entire podcast on any games. I, I've been playing them ever since the days of the Xbox 360, and I, I've, I've been falling more and more in love with them as time goes on, and you know, kind of straying further and further away from the bigger AAA games as a result. So, hello, it's great to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wonderful, excellent. All right, continue, John. Thank you so much for that. Uh, that uh, very short. Uh, we shall a little bit more <laughs> about mm-hmm. Sir Greg's uh, gaming history, but we will talk more about Sir Greg. Uh, we'll know more about his gaming preferences once we go with the show. And how about Sir JDM right there? Hello, Juan uh, Demarcos of One Two Three Go. I'm sorry if my uh, voice is 
acting up because I had a sore throat. Uh, <laughs> and maybe because after playing That's where it Wrestle starts. Quest, <laughs> after playing Wrestle Quest uh, yesterday, Wrestle Quest. Uh, two days ago, where I uh, impersonated Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> oh, oh yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you for that, Sir JDM. And we're presenting the pin, uh, our brothers and sisters from the Pinoy Retro Gaming Facebook group. We got page name required, Sir Jansen. Returning back to the show. Hey, welcome everybody. Here, uh, I'm, I'm page name required, representing Pinoy Retro Gaming. And yeah, we'll be discussing more of Mega Cats later on. So stay tuned. All right. So, so what page Jan- name is truly required? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> that, that's the story why the, his name is like that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. it's pretty innovative actually. The way that he the way that he titled his uh his his page. So it's very cool. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> All right, Joe, All right. continue. Uh, so Sir Jansen right there. Uh, so as all of you guys know, uh, Pinot Retro Gaming is also associated with Mega Cat Studios, one of uh, one of the indie game developers out there. And uh, Sir Jansen, among with the other members of Pinot Retro Gaming, Sir Joel included, um, have been blessed to beta test a few games for Mega Cat Studios. Ooh, so yes, we did. Uh, it, so Sir Jansen will be one of the one of the members of PRG who is going to talk about some of the games that the Mega Cat Studios have um, yeah. have given them the better test, uh, which is good, which is good. I mean, might as well, right? Uh, it fits with the yes. show. And the one leading the show for this evening episode, of course, Sir Joel, coming from New Jersey. All right, there you go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are. This is the Pinoy Gamer Broad of the Pinagonated Facebook Gaming Channel, also on twitch.tv and on cake.com, the brand new streaming platform, saying hi. And I think I should already change my appellation to the Half Century Gamer because 50 years old, what can I say? I've, I've seen it all come and go, and I'm extremely happy to be here discussing indie games with everybody. Back to you, Joe. All right, all right. So, uh, before we proceed with the actual meat of the show, guys, uh, let's do some gaming news. And the latest gaming news that I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a. I know. I'm not sure if it's a surprise or it's an, it's news anymore. It's not even so, a surprise <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> no surprise for everybody. But apparently, mm. Nintendo is asking Valve. To get rid of the GameCube Wii emulator called Dolphin, you know Dolphin, mm. guys. Yes. So basically, Nintendo wants uh, Valve to get rid of, uh, well, not really get rid of. What's the best word to uh, uh, to, dis- uh, to describe that? Uh, to not allow it. Out. On the yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not allow on Steam. Mm. So, you know, Nintendo being Nintendo. Well, uh, considering it's really not a huge, it's really not a huge surprise because Nintendo being the corporate uh, corporate entity that it is and owning so many uh, intellectual property rights, it has to protect its trademarks, its brands, its copyrights, and everything. It has to show effort. It has to show effort that it's trying to protect its uh, its its intellectual property, or else some some people on the on the on the internet might say they have. Uh, they have shown that they don't care about their properties and that would make it fair fair game for everybody to you know to acquire illegally uh 
it's it's a normal it's a normal legal step for a company like Nintendo to take. I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, nobody is absolutely nobody surprised with this. It's more it's going to be a case more of a surprise if Valve proceeds with hosting the Dolphin emulator on Steam if it goes forward with it. I, I it would be that would be the bigger surprise if that were the case, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how the whole thing shakes out. It's two giant corporations against each other. It's not even a David versus Goliath thing. It's a Goliath versus Goliath thing, really. Uh, it's it's um uh, two giant entities clashing against each other over over things that are basically ethereal intellectual property rights personally i'm i'm a huge public domain advocate i love it when intellectual property gets its uh, usual thing of 20 years and then uh goes it reverts into the into the public domain because it becomes the property of everybody in on earth but then again copyright laws being the way it is eh, it's not right, gonna right, happen right. Anymore. Uh, how about your uh, how about uh, Sir Jansen? Sir Jansen, do you use Dolphin emulator? First, okay, let's see Jansen. Uh, Not really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about Have you, you even heard of it? <laughs> how about you, Greg? Let's let's hear what our uh, what our uh, new new guest. Sorry, I wasn't mute, but I haven't really yet. I've heard of it, but I haven't had a chance to try it on my PC. It, it seemed mm. rather confusing to me that that Dolphin would have something like this on Steam. I thought they had their own independent browser. It's like, why would you put this on something as popular as Steam? Mm. You know, and do you have to pay a certain price for it? I haven't checked, so I wouldn't know. Also, the way the way Joel was describing it too, uh, mm. mentioning that Nintendo's just doing the, the usual, you know, cease and desist and then keep quiet afterwards, that sounds eerily similar to when Nintendo did the same thing for uh, Milton Gosti's Another Metroid 2 remake, if anybody remembers oh, that. Oh, yeah, I do. That was just a year before they announced that Mercury Steam was putting out their own Metroid 2 remake on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we all know how, how that story turned out. Mm-hmm. And while, while the fan remake is still being updated, last I checked, you know, Milton Gosti has basically gone on to become but to become a developer for the Ori series, uh, mainly the oh, sequels, so. like or Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So for those of you who, who yeah. haven't tried that game yet, and that's a really good one. But yeah, yeah, the, I I highly recommend those hardcore. They are excellent Metroidvanias. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, yeah it did, it does sound eerily similar. And although I haven't had a chance to try this out uh, for my for myself, I I I have heard good things about Dolphin. I mean, I've also, I've mm. especially heard that somebody put out like a like a fan remastering of Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, which I have been itching to play play again for the long. <laughs> ah, that's great. That's one that's of my favorites mm-hmm. in, in the Mario franchise. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then again, we've heard rumors that uh, Nintendo is making a new remaster of their own of that particular game for the Nintendo Switch. So we'll have mm-hmm. to wait and see. Well, but, let's see. I mean, in the end of it, like I said. Uh, <clears throat> it's more it's corporate shenanigans if you ask me greg so we'll, yeah. s- we'll see how that turns out uh let's i'm curious about what jdm has to say about this jdm i know you're not really a big uh you're not really big on nintendo being being an action stealth kind I'm of sorry, guy. Oh, no problem no problem uh what's your opinion on this uh jdm i didn't even know that um dolphin is being uh it's in steam mm-hmm. is being uh is they uh, are they uh, like selling 
dolphin. Well, dolphin, dolphin is a dolphin is the emulator. Last I recall, yeah. when I was trying it out on, I think RetroArch. I'm not sure. Oh, I think it's just a standalone app. It does emulate. You know. Ah, oh, caveat for the audience, uh, both on <laughs> both on video and on audio. We do not condone um, acquiring illegal uh, your software illegally. We always advocate a legal uh, acquisition of your software, but we uh, we do not condone uh, such actions. But if you were to uh, but if you were to do it, then uh, we disavow any knowledge of your doing so. So <laughs> yes, it is it is an disclaimer. You did disclaimer. 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 Yes, exactly. Disclaimer. <laughs> we do. Uh, it, it's it's an emulator that runs GameCube uh, games and mm. we. Games, if I remember correctly, I tried yeah. uh, Dolphin on uh, Dolphin with a GameCube game called uh, Batman: The Rise of Sinsu, if I remember correctly. It's an old uh, uh, Batman game that uh, that has um, Batman the Animated Series uh, as a feature, so it ran pretty well. I guess they're, the, I guess they were really trying to reach out just to try to get the emulator to a wider audience. Oh, not because not everybody had a GameCube. Not everybody, although I can arguably say that everybody had a Wii. So. Um, the GameCube was really an, uh, one of those uh, consoles that had not a very uh, wide dispersal of distribution. So maybe that was uh, Dolphins trying to get the library out to everybody. But yeah, back to you, Joe. What do you what What's your opinion on it? I remember back in the mid '90s when Sony tried to sue the Bleem, mm. and then mm. Bleem won. Yes, <laughs> the judge signed uh, with the judge siding with Bleem, saying mm. that well, you're not really violating any copyright material. All you mm. did was just create your own software that runs PlayStation mm. games. It doesn't yes. mean I mean I could have created a homebrew PlayStation game without commercially selling it. So who's to say, right? So that that's the main argument of uh, that's the main argument that. Um, mm. That one blame the uh, the judge's favor at the time, mm-hmm. but with this, uh, there's uh, ladies, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there are still some gray areas in regarding using emulation, video game emulation. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nintendo, as um, for the last few years, have been very adamant on protecting their intellectual properties. Mm-hmm. Their first, uh, their first party games, and their third party games as well. Uh, Sony and Microsoft are not really uh, Sony, Microsoft, and even Sega. Well, they're ju- they're chill, you know. I mean, <laughs> if anything, that's uh, if anything that is. Well, uh, speak for how the Sega community responds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they've been pretty much lax the whole t- time with the Sonic fans making their own games out of the Sonic mm-hmm. franchise. Yes, right. So, like, even with the whole Sonic Omens controversy, there really hasn't been a whole lot of uh, there really hasn't been a whole lot of reaction from the studio. Mm-hmm. Which, for, the, for those who, who are unaware, Sonic Omens, the whole package came out yesterday, but beforehand, uh, it's it stirred up a lot of controversy uh, when uh, when they were trying to sell a Patreon page uh, on mm. this particular fan game. They were trying to make a profit off of it, even though that's illegal as all hell. So, oh, yeah. Mm. Sorry for the language, but yeah. No problem. No problem. Sorry, children. And okay. <laughs> and going back to going back to Nintendo, mm. I mean, I think everybody has already made this the same same statements as mm. I'd be making here. But 
This whole issue with emulation wouldn't be so big of an issue if Nintendo can put their entire uh, backlog of video games available from, from all these consoles. Mm. Right. Nintendo Switch right. Online is right. a fair step in the right direction. Right. Right. Well, all these games are coming out on a drip feed. It's like mm. there are so, still so many great games that everybody's itching to see. I've been itching to play the entire Super Mario Land and Wario Land games on the Game Boy uh, oh, consoles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what's the holdup? You you should have seen everybody uh, nod their heads along with you, Greg, when you made that right. point that Nintendo really right. should make their catalog a little bit more available to everybody. Their back catalog is vast, and there's tons of great stuff back there. You should have seen Jansen nod his head off. I, I, I was half afraid that uh, that his head was gonna because lazy. Hardy was nodding his head. Maybe they're just lazy. I mean, who has the time for that? Uh, <laughs> just, uh, oh, Dan, uh, Dan Faulkner, uh, one of our co-panelists here, sadly could not make it today uh, to our today's po uh, to today's podcast, but he has an amazing uh, comment here in the chat. He says, "I think the difference between Bleem and Dolphin is that some of the code slash bios yes. in Dolphin does belong to Nintendo." Ah, that's I think probably that's one of the probably the, the main issue here. Yeah, I think and, that and Bleem does not use Sony's uh, bios. Uh, well, definitely. Well, they probably Bleem. I think probably <laughs> ships with. Well, actually, does it? Uh, I'm not sure. Sh Bleem ships BIOS less. A lot of a lot of the emulators come out and say, "We're not going to provide the BIOS. You guys take care of it yourselves." No, there if you, you guys want to use our software, download it yourself because you have you're responsible for uh, getting the BIOS and installing it. But we're providing you this software that is capable without uh, you just have to get the bios yourself anyway so and that's yes job go ahead well no i mean that's i mean that's the thing so i think uh, i think everybody um pretty much said what's needed to be said mm. i mean with nintendo shutting down the eShop for 3ds mm. now all you had to what is just a switch nah yeah and between yeah, uh, the and between the switch being the better uh, the better hardware of 3ds and uh games before the e before they closed down on the eShop. has anybody caught that sorry say say that again that that last part uh greg uh, i think you faded out i'm sorry uh you, you should you should have seen the completionist uh video when he tried to buy that entire back oh yeah oh yeah video games uh, before Some, the eShop closed down somebody had the money to do mm. it oh yeah yeah and he had it uh he had it stored on a hard drive for for archiving purposes, which is a very uh, admirable thing. A admirable thing. I think he was going to be donating to a museum or something, right, Greg? I think so. Uh, I, I had to watch the video game, but yeah, that 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 was just crazy. The way he, the whole process he did to archive all those mm -hmm. video games, different hard drives and SD cards, mm -mm. and it really just, it really just, it's not just for the dedication uh, of a true Nintendo gamer, but this mm -hmm. kind of goes to show how far. Hardcore fans are willing to do to uh, to basically store uh, their favorite, <laughs> yes. favorite games. Uh, Agree. How, how hardcore they can be in collecting. Mm. Um, I, I I don't have that kind of money, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I, I I basically just try and take what I can. But mm. I do but I recommend those who try to make that extra commitment. Agreed. Agreed. Um, in the name of preservation. Mm -hmm. Another. Um, let's see. Another. Uh, one of our other panelists who could not make it today due to work commitments is uh, Viraj Kathwadia who uh, says in the chats oh this is um, 
this is a little bit of news that we can probably talk about a little bit more into the future once more details come out for it. It's uh, he says about uh, Yuji Naka went to jail for abandoning his son back in 06. That's the gaming news as of late. And yes, Nintendo or Nintendo, I am not surprised. Yeah, uh, was it the same guy, Yuji Naka, who who created uh, Sonic? Sonic, yeah. And I think yeah. it was because of insider trading that he might have gone, uh, he might have uh, become incarcerated for. But you know, uh, we'll we'll get more we'll get more details as that develops but right now we'll pass it back to joe and then we'll get to the meat meat and potatoes of the podcast itself all right thank you for that sir joe uh sir jdm uh let's say hi to the chat at that tat mm-hmm. how are you all doing today the backbone of the show sir jdm who do we have down there yes uh we got Eris Arvidiwa of uh, Almodski Gaming uh, mm-hmm. saying good morning, good evening to the panel board. <laughs> mm-hmm. Panelist, I mean. Uh, we also got um, Don Faulkner who cannot make it mm-hmm. to the show as well as uh, Viraj Katwadia. How are you guys? And we also have Rosella Reyes of Risk Place. Uh, he yes. said he just finished uh, plays, playing Kudzu, which is another game from Mega Cat Studios. Nice. Uh, we have Cerces Gutierrez Atutubo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that he's waiting for Blasphemous 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we also have uh, one of our uh, panelists here in Timeless Gamer. Eileen Tadeo, also known as Enslin Porter. Uh, mm. She said she remembers Bleem and they even had a CD installer of Bleem back then. And I did too. I did too. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, here on Twitch, we have Baruna Roika, one of our regular viewers here on mm. Time of Gamer. Thank you so much. And Sir Paul24, he says. Um, as much as I am more of a Nintendo guy, I hate I hated them for doing so uh, such. Yes. Sir well, Pao is also one of our um, one of our panelists, panelists here in mm-hmm. Timeless Gamer. Yes, sad to say. He and probably I also could... will see someone named One Two Three Go Retro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about that's... the preservation of mm, the 3DS so game. So meta. <laughs> I know it's so meta. Some the one, two, three, go retro is also JDM. Uh, if you guys, if you, for those of you who are who are listening here on the in the audio portion of the podcast. All right, Joe. Uh, let's get to it. Okay, I think we're good. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna shift the the program now to Sawyer Joel. So he's going to lead us for the show, mm. which is in the game. So a little bit of um, a quick personal anecdote regarding the indie games. Uh, I always known them as homebrew games, mm. and the only uh, I only got uh, got a notch of the term indie games during what yes. during the initial release of the Sorry. Xbox 360. You know, um, so indie game developers, homebrew, uh, homebrew game developers, yeah, uh, they use the Xbox 360 to, uh, to host their games, and then you got your PlayStation 3 following suit as well. And then the Nintendo eShop uh, soon followed, and even I mean, even not even the Xbox 360. I think uh, some Nintendo um, offshore game developers, even Sega, had their own had their own share as well. Well, before before Xbox Live Arcade came along, there was just uh, as far as I'm aware, significantly lesser amounts of indie games. Uh, let's just say, hmm. you know. Um, 
but 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 I would say ultimately it was the live arcade that that really put indie indie developers on the map and really, really, really helped. Mm -hmm. it, it really it really helped to bring them more into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Or although you know some would say some would argue that indie games in general their origin being on PC anybody could program an indie game in yeah. essence yeah but you know in console portion uh greg is absolutely right the xbox live arcade really put pushed it into the forefront and this is uh, and this is different as well in japan mm. in japan uh some independent game developers will just put everything on a cd and then <laughs> sell it in their uh in their comic at uh winter comic at summer comic at conventions mm. and so there may have, there may have been a few cases beforehand, uh, but I would say the first case for a Japanese developer to put an indie game out would probably be Cave Story. It started as a freeware file before it was put, picked up by a small publisher mm -hmm. and basically milked to heck in new releases. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a great game. Uh, I'm oh. not I'm not I'm not trying to. Mm -hmm. But but you know it's massive kudos to the guy who did it. You know I mean I it took five years for him to develop. And it, it's it's great to see him see how the game turned out in the shape that it did, mm -hmm. and, and I do well, recommend that. That's the it's thing, uh, Sir Greg. It's one thing on developing the game by yourself; it's another story spreading it around. Mm -hmm. Agreed. That's the biggest thing. Uh, really, distribution. Distribution is the biggest uh, the biggest thing. You might have the most amazing uh, the most amazing indie game ever. You might have you might have coded it all by yourself, but without the means of disputing it, uh, especially back in the old days. So shareware for, for those of you who are old enough to remember shareware. <laughs> JDM. A good example for right that, sir, uh, sir Joel. Mm. Doom. Doom is the quintessential good shareware indie game there you go that's true actually indie game it was an indie game company in the old days it really wasn't uh it wasn't really one of the one of the big names that it is now so yeah, that's actually a really good a really good example joe uh doom as a shareware title was really like what what pushed uh indie games into a, to be a big thing way back when so yeah all right, that was your anecdote. That was your anecdote, then, that's Joe. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's perfectly fine. All right, so um, we are uh, we would be remiss in in uh, in define and not first introducing who was the guy who thought up the entire indie game uh, topic right now. So Greg Norris is the guy who actually put forward the topic suggestion, and it lit a fire uh, lit a fire on our behind for us to be able to talk about it because of the fact that indie games are vast they are looking at the, the the libraries right now both on the switch on xbox on sony playstation uh on pc specifically that if you guys have been looking at the humble bundles recently on fanatical on the on indie gala and everything they easily outnumber triple a games what 20 to 1 I, I, that's an e that's an easy number to toss out 20 indie games to one triple a game at any given moment it's just it's just like you have oh, i guess another distribution platform that i really should mention is itch.io itch.io if you guys are looking for indie games but you know i want greg to be the one to introduce the very the very idea of indie games to us what is an indie game greg by your definition and how can a person say that the game that he's playing yeah, is an breaking indie up, game? Joel. sorry oh, sorry about that <laughs> uh, sorry about that okay what is an indie game and how can a person say that he's playing an indie game define it for us 
Um, an indie game, I would say, is a studio. It is is a is a game developed by uh, someone who's basically let's who's basically on his own. Mm-hmm. Who who decided to who decided to get together uh, with a bunch of friends and say, hey, let's make a video game. And whether they put this out by themselves or uh, what, or, or if they find a small publisher uh, to, to help them on this, uh, to help the funding and the distribution and all that. Mm. Uh, putting it simply, an indie game uh, is is some is a video game that is developed with little to no output from, like say, a major corporation. There you like, go. Like like, uh, like Activision or EA or such. Mm. Yeah. And. Most most of the time, uh, these indie games can be are done with better passion, uh, with dedication, I should say, and they, and these people uh, are more vocal with the community as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking back, wondering how can they make this project better, and you know, and, and still staying and still staying on the line even after the game comes out and saying we'll, we'll fix this as soon as we can. At least. At least that's what it is today. I know back then, uh, you you put out a video game that was it. You couldn't go back and fix it. Mm, you know. Yeah. But now with with digital technology, you know the way it uh, the way it is today. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's it's just it's just it's just so personal for me because I always root for the underdog. I always root for these people. I mm. love I love seeing them put out products that 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 everybody's been wanting to. Uh, see for quite some time that these triple mm-hmm. A studios are completely uh, are are are, compl- are completely missing the opportunity on. They're just they just keep putting out the same FPS ah. over and over every year. Mm-hmm. If and I can interject, yeah. If I can interject a little bit, uh, uh, Greg. Two of the uh, two of the panelists here on this uh, on this uh, podcast right now are informal are members of my informal group. We call ourselves the connoisseurs of the obscure. There's Jansen Dean Robles Imperial and Juan De Marcos right now. We absolutely share your passion for the un- for rooting for the underdog. We absolutely love looking for those games that are unknown, that are not as as uh, not as well distributed, not as exposed as a lot of the games are nowadays. Triple A games and everything. We love finding out about those little gems that not a lot of people might have discovered and uh that's the thing uh if i can also interject one of another factor that makes an indie game good generally for me uh better well not good it's better to play over a triple a game it is doesn't suffer as many constraints as a corporate sponsored game uh does especially in terms of censorship in terms of subject matter in terms of what else it can do normally uh, that a triple A game might not be able to. Would you agree with me on that, uh, guys? Uh, anybody Absolutely. can toss it. I would, in fact, if I could interject here, mm-hmm. uh, I would say the triple A game uh, has pretty much all lost all meaning in its title these days. Because yeah. really, the triple A game, it's all about graphical fidelity. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing about it is more more time and emphasis put on making the game look good than actually making it play good uh, yeah. and and considering the time that we're living in when when these bigger developers are trying to uh tr- trying to constantly render the same the same graphics over over again trying to make them cleaner nicer make them more realistic mm-hmm. and all that and it put it puts so much stress on the AAA developers uh 
and we, we've seen we've seen constant examples of this already the past few years now Game, games like uh anthem i should say mm. um battlefield 2042 one of the more recent examples mm -hmm. um what's another one um C cyberpunk 2077 the the, the, mm -hmm. I, I, the entire uh boat Goodbye. show that, that went down <laughs> on the uh, that went down uh, mm -hmm. before and after it came out mm -hmm. but no it's I, I don't know how else to say it i mean i mean the tri triple a game needs to die they mm -hmm. really people need, need people need to these days it should never it shouldn't be about the graphical fidelity anymore mm -hmm. especially since now we have all these different indie games that are pushing that are basically pushing a produ production value through an artistic level you know they're they're making the art style stand out more than the graphics themselves. I mean that these AAA developers should follow suit. You know, I, I would bet you uh, dollars to Sapporo uh, Lightbeer. Mm -hmm. I mean Sapporo Beer, I should say. I'm sorry. Yeah, Sapporo Beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but this whole open world game craze that's been going on the past decade. Well, mm. not, I mean since Breath of the Wild, I should say. Mm. You know, with everybody trying to cash in on that game, I would. I would I would wager that if you made a 64-bit style video game that's open world mm -hmm. that has the same amount of side quests and and great storytelling, I guarantee that game will do as well as as these AAA open world games like Breath of the Wild. Would. Completely agreed. It, it, it's, <sighs> it's another example that I can toss out right now of a AAA game that is <clears throat> that that really was hoping to make a splash in in the market right now but didn't is a game called redfall that got recently released by microsoft uh in cooperation with bethesda i'm not quite sure if anybody else is familiar with it because on one one sad thing about um oh, gamers hang on hang on oh. we got news that says nintendo is issuing a cease on this on sir greg for this thing <laughs> right of the wild <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, 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 I actually would not put it past Nintendo to do that. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, we're talking about no, that that's fictional. Right now, we're talking about Redfall. Uh, sad thing about uh, Filipinos is that we're not really big on the Microsoft ecosystem, the Xbox ecosystem. I'm sorry, I have to say, uh, Filipinos in general are huge on Sony and Nintendo. Sad to say, not so much on the Xbox. So those of you who are listening and watching the podcast right now, most recently there there has been a game that came out on Microsoft Xbox and on Microsoft Game Pass called Redfall. It's a game in cooperation with Bethesda, you know, the guys who actually did Skyrim, the guys who did, uh, you know, the Elder Scrolls here. Uh, it's an open world, uh, uh, not uh, it's an open world game. Was it an, an open world single player and co-op FPS game that has, for its concept, you going into a town infested with nothing but uh, vampires. And you're, it's a first-person shooter style game where you fight off vampires and try to try to take back the town. It was basically their version of trying to fight against a game like maybe like uh, what was the game uh, that is, it's most closest to Valorant, like Valorant, a little bit like Valorant. So it's it was a big thing that they were hyping up everywhere but when it came out it really face planted it just fell flat on its face reviews were brutal for it and it was it did not make as as 
as much money as they were really hoping that it would. So it to Greg's point, really, the triple A game portion is is coming to the point where it is dying, like you're like like you're wishing for it, Greg. Uh, it's it's uh, the indie game, uh, the indie game uh, renaissance is upon us, and I guess the, the 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 biggest thing that we can say about it is, well, God bless indie games, and let let's for those of you who are uh, for those of you who may not be very familiar with the kind of indie games that we like, how about we start introducing the kind of indie games that we have been playing lately, and you guys might might be in agreement with the kind of games that we like so uh let's begin with uh jbm uh wonder marcos let's find out do have you been playing any indie games lately and what game is that one uh yeah um the most recent indie game that i have played um it's not a complete game yet uh i played wrestle quest from uh, Mega Cat oh, Studios nice. and Sky uh, Skybound Games. Uh, they're mm. the developer. And let's it's... have Joe toss up a little bit of the footage of WrestleQuest onto the screen for those of you who are on on our video uh, portion of the podcast. You guys can have a look at the at the footage here. But JDM, please continue describing what WrestleQuest is all about and why you like it. Yes, um, as a wrestling fan, pro wrestling fan. I forgot um, to mention that about Wanda Marcos. He is our hugest, uh, one of our hugest wrestling fanatics, by the way. Ooh, All right, continue. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, WrestleQuest is um, a turn-based RPG game. I thought it was an action RPG game, but it mm. turns out it's a turn-based RPG game. Mm-hmm. Um, you play as an independent wrestler named um, Randy Santos, also known as the Muchacho <laughs> Man. Randy, <laughs> Randy Santos, <laughs> right? The Muchacho Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, they are toys. They're not real life. Um, uh, they're not real. They are really. Oh no, that is innovative. I like and, that. Uh, as a kid. Uh, Randy Santos um, idolized the macho man Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. And... No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And yeah, it's a turn-based RPG mm-hmm. uh, with the touch of pro wrestling. And the gameplay is similar to if you have played um, Mario and Luigi games in Superstar Saga. 4D. Yeah, the Superstar Saga. It Plays like that. Uh, also, a little bit of uh, Super Mario RPG for the uh, uh, Super Nintendo. It actually so more RPGs. Like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that it has um, a lot of um, Easter eggs uh, mm-hmm. related to uh, relating to pro wrestling. So you have um, characters that are. Uh, like they pay tribute to the real life wrestlers. Uh, these two uh, characters here, uh, the one on the right side, they are also part of. Uh, they are some of the main characters aside mm. from Randy Santos. I believe they are. Uh, uh, they are giving tribute to um, Bret Hart and Owen Hart. Mm, okay. Uh, they are from a different um, uh, wrestling company uh, mm. in this game, so okay. they're like from a different area. Um, so yeah, um, it has a lot of uh, potential actually, and it's going to be released 
I guess around August this year. August, so that so would be I'm about really summertime. Okay, so the, the the basic concept is that it's 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 a kid playing with his wrestling action figures. Is that the case, JDM? That yes. is very cool. I like it. Um, Similar to uh, toy soldiers, uh, uh, indie games. I should. I was I gonna say mention. that. I was gonna say that. Yes, <laughs> uh, JDM. So that's um, that's is that is that how the concept is uh, goes? Is that it with Wrestle Quest? Yes. Um, it's they are living toys. There's no um indication whether someone is playing it, mm-hmm. but like like just like Toy, toy Story, they become they come uh, alive. They come okay. to life and. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, one of these toys here, uh, Randy Santos, mm-hmm. just idolized the um, Macho Man Randy Savage so much that that he yes. takes on that persona. Okay, that's cool. Nice. All right, very cool. Uh, full disclosure for those of you who are um, who might be wondering, this is a game being published by our by, by our partner. Mega Cat Studios. If you guys are looking forward to, uh, if this is interesting to you, I would highly suggest those of you who are interested in this game, either wishlist it on Steam or contact Mega Cat Studios for your pre-orders. All right, JDM, uh, continue. Uh, is that is that what really captures your fancy about this game? The, the mechanics, the RPG mechanics, the trace mechanics, and the fact that it appeals to your passion as a wrestling fan. Is that it? Yes, both uh, actually both of them because. Mm-hmm. As a true wrestling uh, fan, fanatic, mm-hmm. I really love. Um, they have um, they showcase a lot of Easter eggs, um, general um, things about uh, pro wrestling, and I also love the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, in Super Mario uh, Superstar Saga, you have yeah. like the special attacks. Here they have. Uh, what they call gimmicks. Those are the special attacks. You can do um, South of the Border Stunner, like a Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> okay. And they have, they also have uh, support techniques. They can do, gim- uh, they can taunt their enemies for, uh, like, there's a bar underneath, uh, mm-hmm. the hype bar. It's like, um, how much um, the audience is going to cheer for you so your attacks will become more uh, powerful Mm -hmm. so it's really an interesting and innovative game Um, it pays i believe the um, one of the developers of this Mm -hmm. game uh, like uh, had an inspiration from the super mario rpg series Mm -hmm. and uh, the Super Mario series. Uh, I mean, the Mario and Luigi series. All right, very cool. I have to admit, uh, the meta game to this one. I, I would uh, call it a meta game because you know it's the game itself. Looks like it's going to be very technically innovative. Well, not innovative. It's going to be technically involved. But the meta game there is as a wrestling fan, you are looking for all those little Easter eggs that you that would pay tribute to all your favorite you know, wrestling. Uh, characters, all your favorite, right. favorite wrestling and it, moves, it, things like it that. It looked good. It looks good as well. Uh, look mm-hmm. at that um, artwork. It yeah, looks it very um, fluid. Uh, Super Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the music you have synthwave mm-hmm. because um, the most of the wrestlers that are featured in this game are from the um, 80s and the early 90s. So mm-hmm. it's really classic. 
um, pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm also kind of familiar. Not as not as uh, deeply involved with wrestling as JDM is. I was there during the time of you know uh, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Savage, The Ultimate Warrior. Uh, you know Hulk Hogan throwing down with with Andre the Giant. You know I've seen those classic matches, but this looks this certainly looks like a game that I would probably get into, despite my lack of knowledge of current wrestling trends now, like Sheamus or or whoever it is might be on on the WWE or WWF. I don't even know what they're called nowadays. Uh, lineup or roster of games. So excellent choice, JDM. Uh, do you have another one, or uh, is that your top recommendation? of indie game for the podcast. Oh uh, yeah, I also have um, uh, I also played this game. I'm not sure if you have uh, heard of it or played mm. it. Mm. It's a game from 2016 called mm. Hyperlight Drifter. So, oh my goodness. Okay, Hyperlight Drifter. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in Hyperlight Drifter you play as this um, uh, a lonesome warrior Uh, no, a uh, lonesome traveler named on, on, only known as the Drifter, who mm. has um, like an illness. Uh, he travels by himself. He has a companion, like a drone, and he has this uh, like a, this illness. He has this illness. Um, he's a weary uh, drifter who travels mm. around. And uh, the game is uh, it's this it's sort of like it plays like Hades if you're uh, if yes. you have played Hades mm-hmm. you have this um, the like a dash uh, maneuver that you can use to traverse the um, the world uh, mm-hmm. you can attack enemies um, I knew this game from 2004 it was uh, like funded in kickstart in 2014 and the thing is that the uh, developer of this game uh, I forgot his name mm, uh, Alex Preston mm. um, Alex Preston has uh, like a congenital heart disease I believe oh, okay. so he made this game like uh, Well, indie games, uh, indie game developers, they usually like relate themselves, mm. uh, like they use personal experiences mm. and, as uh, video game uh, inspiration to their video games. And yes. mm-hmm. uh, this is like a story of how uh, like survival is for him, uh, mm-hmm. having um, near death experience. Um, mm. And he's also uh, like an artist. So uh, what he did is he made this game to relate to other players who mm-hmm. has this um, who has this uh, illness, uh, mm-hmm. who's suffering in illness, who are uh, like in their lonesome as well. Mm-hmm. So they could learn how to survive yes. out there. That. Um, how to deal with their illness how, then. yes how to deal with their um, yeah with their illness or their um, emotional uh, distress mm-hmm. and yeah I I don't know if uh, this might be true but I think 
this is an inspiration for the um, developers of Hades. Uh, they, uh, I think, they got the dash uh, maneuver. Here. Mm. Uh, it's a, it's a like a hack and hack and slash game. So mm. you ho- you also have uh, puzzles. You also deal with puzzles, but to a minimum. Hmm. Okay. It 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 does come off as a semi Zelda like uh, Metroidvania style. More of it's more of a more more of a world exploration type. The the graphics do remind me of an old DOS game called Out of This World. If anybody remembers that one. Uh, but yeah, the action is very much Legend of Zelda style, top down isometric three quarters. Well, not uh, not three quarters. Uh, more not isometric. More like top down isometric style, and it's extremely colorful. It's very very vivid, very vibrant in terms of its color, and the action is very uh, kinetic. I guess that's the right word for it that I can use it. Uh, it, it moves very fast and it moves uh, very smoothly. So, good suggestion, JDM. So his two suggestions for um, for those of for those of us who are looking to delve into indie games are Hyperlight Drifter and Wrestle Quest coming out from Mega Cat Studios. There are Very actually good. a lot of games that I would like to mm-hmm. um, like, recommend, uh, recommend uh, like Goblin Sword mm-hmm. uh, and Fez, yes. if you're familiar yes, with yes. Fez. Yes, Fez. Fez is really good. I, I have to admit, uh, the, the the show is only an hour and a half or two hours long, and that's why we're, for brevity's sake, we're only limiting our suggestions, our top suggestions to the audience for the top two indie games. There's tons of indie games that we can talk about, but uh, for the, we will put our recommendations, all of our recommendations, in the Pinoy Retro Gaming Facebook page for indie games if you guys are looking for good indie games to play. All right, excellent. Thank you very much, Edim. Very, very good introduction to the indie games. Good choices. Now um, we'll go on over to our guest panelist for the podcast, uh, Greg. We will be moving on to you, and we would like to hear your top two highly recommended indie games that you can recommend to the people who might be curious about indie games and who might want to get into them. Take it away. All right. Um, the first. First one would be uh, the Geometry War series. The first one appeared as sort of a live launch title on the Xbox Live card- Arcade. Find out. Oh wow! Still, uh, back when it was still new, and it's basically if you played uh, if you played PC games uh, before, like Asteroids or something. This is basically like a adrenaline fueled high tech version of that. It's mm. It's basically you're blasting polygons all all around on space. The first mm-hmm. game is that simple. Um, you only get three tries. If if you if you lose them all, game over. And it's it's a very arcade like uh, and and very fun, simple kind of game. It's it managed to spawn two sequels afterwards. I don't remember the publisher history uh, behind this series. Um, the second one. I can't remember if it was uh, published by EA. I, mm-hmm. I'll have to look back on it. Right now, that one—that seems to be the only game in the series that can't be that can't be found anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but the third game, uh, both that and the first one, are available on Steam if you want to check them out. The third okay. game, um, the, th- the third game I should mention did, see, from what I can tell in the trailer, seemed to take a lot of inspiration from. It's PS3 copycat Super Stardust HD because oh, that game uh, involved you basically 
doing the exact kind of gameplay here, only on a revolving planet. Oh, so, that sounds, sounds like fun, actually. So if you love fun, arcade-style uh, uh, action, uh, that I, I would recommend these uh, first and foremost. They're simple, they're fun, and um, while the first game is only single-player, um, I'm willing to bet the third game it, it has multiplayer at least. Hmm. So that, that's that's the first. Uh, that's the first. Nope. Oh, sorry. Uh, Greg seems to have uh, experienced a little bit of technical difficulty. His uh, his feed uh, might have cut out. But for those of you who are listening in right now, uh, sorry, Greg, you you're you're skipping a little bit. Uh, for those of you who are listening in on the on the podcast right now, we are showcasing the graphics to Geometry Wars. They are very they are very reminiscent of. If you guys are familiar with the old um, game, Asteroid. uh, asteroids, asteroids or Tempest, yeah. very vector-based graphics. You know the high, high illumination style, um, very, very, very bright uh, line graphic era, uh, line graphic style of, of Tempest or, or yeah, uh, um, asteroids. It looks a lot like that, except with lots of great colors, with lots of great explosion. Uh, for those of you who are into geometry, uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, Geometry Wars looks like it is going. If to be you're into geometry, action. try it out. If you have, <laughs> uh, if you have seizures or you have convulsions, don't play this game. Yes, <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I would, I would say if you guys are 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 prone to what do you call that, Joe? That it would be more more your uh, your profession. The the the, the, uh, the when somebody sees a lot of. Uh, bright blinking lights what do you call those uh lights yeah, convulsions that's it Convul- <laughs> uh, convulsions i guess that's the right word for it yeah. uh fair warning to those of you who might be uh might be prone to light those. sensitive light sensitivity that's light it that's the right word for it be very careful sensitive. yeah yes. uh, there be, you go yeah photosensitive yes that's it exactly be very careful of playing geometry wars but uh, sad, uh, it, be, it looks like you'd be missing out on good gameplay. It looks like a lot of fun. I would definitely, definitely play something like this. I initially thought this was a twin stick shooter like um, Robotron, but it looks like it's, uh, it's, it should be manageable with just one, uh, one joystick or one thumbstick. It does look like Tempest if Tempest is like 2D. Yes, if Tempest was not constrained to the tunnel. If Tempest if was move around gonna, outside of the tunnel. Out. There you go. That's right. There you go. That's it. All right. So while Greg uh, fixes his uh, situation with regards to his technical, uh, we will just wait for him to come back. We will be moving on right now to Mr. Jansen Dane Robles Imperial, a patient required. Jansen, <laughs> let's hear your top indie game recommendations for the for our audience, both in video and on audio. All right. Uh, something for the Mega Cat Studios. Uh, actually, there's really a lot on, on mm-hmm. the Mega Cat. Okay, sorry about that. Can anyone hear me? Oh. Hello? Oh, uh, there you oh. go. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. Sorry about that. My no problem. glitched out there for a while. Uh, no sorry. problem. No problem. Yeah. Well, then, no, no worries. No worries. We were just saying that uh, while we were going to be waiting around for you to come back, we were going to be moving on for a moment to Jansen's recommendations. But if you're good, then uh, would Jansen like to proceed or would, would he like to, uh, Greg, uh, to finish up his recommendation? Let's ask Jansen. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. If, if, if. The second recommendation I would give, mm-hmm. um, mo- most recent one, would be Pizza Tower. Uh, ah. that, just, that just came out a few months back. Um, it is heavily inspired by the Wario Land series, mm-hmm. which, uh, mm. for those who haven't played those, 
I haven't. I played through a bit of Wario Land 3 on the Nintendo Switch, but from what I've been hearing, they're eccentric platformers. They're not they're not traditional in Super Mario sense. Like you don't have a life system, you don't have a health system. Um, however, um, Pizza Tower is basically play, plays a lot like Wario Land 2 and Wario Land 4, for what I've heard been hearing, and it's it's basically a lot. Oh, that looks like a mod. <laughs> yeah. Oh, does it? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, because of the witch mythology. But it, it, in general, it does have the fun of it. Uh, yeah. Even, it's, even the it's, it's, uh, it's basically uh, an evolution of the Wario Land formula. Uh, mm. th- that's basically what it is. You know, you uh, you you try to you try to get the biggest high score you can uh, by traversing through these levels. It's all about exploration and collecting and score attack. And so you you basically go to the, the the story the whole story of the game is basically this uh, this neurotic high strung uh, pizza chef uh, who is who is down on his luck. He owes a lot of debt to his pizzeria because of the because of the titular pizza tower uh, next door that is breaking in all the success. And then he gets visited by this monstrosity, this HP Lovecraft style. A monster pizza face and who is threatening to destroy his pizzeria and so mm-hmm. he embarks on this big journey to uh traverse through the pizza tower and put it into pizza faces uh shenanigans mm-hmm. and, that, and that's basically the whole plot mm-hmm. and, and the most standout you will find aside from its excellent 2d gameplay is mm-hmm. is the aesthetic it is a living breathing throwback mm-hmm. to all those uh uh, all those 90s and early 2000 cartoons that were basically <laughs> uh, mm. very, very weird, uh, I should say. Just very strange, surreal uh, cartoons that were harkening back to the olden days. I would of, say uh, Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy, mm-hmm. or you know, the original well, run of, the of Cartoon Network. I keep hearing, but I people have also uh, compared it to Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yes. In fact, yeah. I would be surprised yeah. if that's where. That's where the inspiration for the character uh, Pepino Spaghetti came from, the main character. <laughs> and, uh, but I really got more Rocco's Modern Life vibes just from the. Oh, yes. Rocco's Modern Life. Style. Yes. Good job. Some of the. Uh, so, yeah, I it's it's only 20 bucks on Steam. If you're looking to play it, I highly recommend a hardcore and. I can't say how well it's doing in sales right now, but the overwhelming reception it's getting, both on Steam and its exposure on YouTube, cannot be understated. So that that's really a testament to how good this game game is doing and how how excellent it must play. So I recommend it hardcore. All right, for for the audio listeners, we are looking at the footage of Pizza Tower, and it uh, Greg is absolutely correct that it harkens back to the early days of of. Cartoon Network slash Nickelodeon animation. Very fluid, very um, surreal. I guess that's the right word for it. Very surreal. Yes. And uh, a very, um, I guess, uh, cutting edge, I guess. You know, very, very... Uh, well, I, I'd probably say Cuphead is more cutting edge, especially mm. with all the turmoil that those developers had to go through. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. That's true. Animation is not easy. I mean, oh, no. I, I think anybody anybody who who's been drawing pictures uh, their whole time can tell you that. Mm, so, yeah, that's but, but it's amazing to see how that game turned out the way it did. But anyway, yeah, that this one's this one's definitely on a similar level. But um, I 
I, I wouldn't know how difficult it was for them uh, mm -hmm. to, to work on these on, on these pixel animations as excellent as they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's so it's so crude in their design, and yet <laughs> uh, you you can see you can see the level of passion they put into it. You Agreed. Know? All right, uh, piece this of looks, power. This looks yeah. like a game that we used to play back in the uh, uh, Flash software uh, <laughs> era, right? I was gonna say that college in high school. Yeah, I, I was gonna it, say that it does harken back to those old Flash animation games that we used to play in uh, Neutral Grounds. Was that right? What What was the name of that website? I forgot. Um, uh, New Grounds. New Grounds. New Grounds. New Grounds. That's it. New Grounds. The, during those times, I have to admit, all those I think Flash games oh. were lost to time yeah. because of the fact that uh, that Flash got phased out. I hope somebody archived all those. But yeah, this does harken back. It looks like a little. It looks a little bit like that style, the frenetic action, the pacing. Uh, but as Greg is testifying, it looks like it's a well-made game too. So highly recommended if you guys want to check out a good um, throwback, shall we say, to the to the old style of animation and gameplay. Uh, Pizza Tower is the way to go. All right, Greg, let's have a listen to your second recommendation for our people who might be interested in getting into indie games. Oh, I, I thought Pizza Tower was my second one. Yeah, that's oh, was it? One. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Sorry about that. Okay, well, yeah. I was about to say, I've already recommended Geometry Wars and yeah, Pizza Geometry Tower. Yeah, Geometry Wars. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, it slipped my mind because you, you, went, you went glitch for a moment and I thought, you know, uh, that, that got erased from my memory banks. But yeah, Pizza Tower is... Uh, Geometry Wars and Pizza Towers, great uh, introduction, I would say, to the indie game scene. If you guys want alternatives to huge, bloated, multi-gigabyte uh, games of the AAA variety, it, this would probably be the way to go. So, great suggestions, Greg. Excellent, excellent. All right, so let's move Pizza on. Pizza Tower, it's like uh, Wario <laughs> date raping Sonic in Cyberspace. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it's the so yeah, best, it does have that Sonic the best there. Like I would say it's it's more in line with the boost to win formula than anything else, especially hmm. because because it has a dash button. Oh yeah, yeah so, that's true. And you basically you basically have to learn how how, how what obstacles to jump over. If, if you want to speed run these levels, you have to learn what obstacles to jump through, what enemies to beat up in order to keep the pace going. Basically. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, you should see some of the you should see some of the the playthroughs on the videos on YouTube. Everybody getting the the highest ranks uh, in, in this in this game, the P ranks. It, it's pretty crazy to see the amount of stuff that they can pull off. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's no way I can. I am currently working on getting the S ranks at least, mm -hmm. but there, there's just no way I, I I can pull off the highest uh, score. Wow. In this game. As well, amazing that is, it. <laughs> well, that is the constant challenge that we gamers face. You know, you always try to do better, always try to uh, get get uh, get greater scores. Hi, right. it's and it looks like Pizza Tower is a good way to do about go about it. Then, all right, let's move on to Jansen Dane Robles Imperial, a page name required. All right, yeah, all right. All let's right. have a listen to what his indie game recommendations right. are for the audience. Let's hear it. Okay, uh, first one would be Mega Cats. Uh, World Championship Boxing Manager 2. Mm -hmm. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Nice choice. World Championship Boxing so, Manager 2 by Mega Cat Studios. All right, describe it for us, Jansen. Okay, uh, World Championship Boxing Manager, uh, what you call this, more like uh, if you're familiar with Monster Rancher on, mm. on the PlayStation. Yes. But but this one, instead, you're, instead of training monsters, you'll be training 
boxers. Yes. yes. So, All right. Very cool. You can, you, you can hire as many boxers as you can, manage them, train them, and yeah, uh, sure. Uh, uh, most training have have costs, so mm-hmm. so yeah, you should also uh, have those cover, um, mm-hmm. put them on on fights, and yes, uh, some of the boxers are are also uh, strained, stressed, or, or strained, mm-hmm. stressed rather. Uh, so yeah, you you need to take care of them also. Mm. Yeah. So so so. Yeah, uh, on on this game they have two features: the career mode and the story mode. Mm. Uh, in the story mode, there are some famous boxers uh, featured, like Sugary Robinson, oh. uh, Sugary Robinson. What else? Uh, Rocky Marciano, mm. uh, and also some some. Uh, I don't know why why they include there, but there's Teddy Roosevelt. Let me see that again. Let me see that again. Oh my god. There you go. They include Teddy on, on the, the story, but yeah, I, I haven't been there yet. So I, I mm-hmm. just finished only one part of the story yet. So I'm still exploring on that one. Mm. And yeah, uh, if once you fi- once you finish the 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 story mode, you can you can hire those boxers on on the on, on the career mode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is uh, unlike the Wrestle Quest. Uh, uh, the the uh, they, they keep it simple here. Uh, mm. They just stand there and and do their do their stuff on on boxing. And yeah, you you coach them if you want if you want to go all out, then go all out. And mm. if you want to be defensive on the next round, then then you should. Uh, have your boxer do that and yeah uh, so what you're saying is that you don't directly control the boxers themselves yes you yes your orders yes. to them you can tell yes, them what you, to you do know, yes mm-hmm. you you don't have complete control of, of of the boxers actions you just tell them what to do mm-hmm. so basically and, you're you're the pokemon trainer in essence yeah, you're you're yeah. ash <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's all right cool. okay <laughs> yeah, it, it is in a in a way. You're, I was gonna say that you're Mickey from Rocky, or you're Doc from from yes. uh, from, yeah, from, uh, from from Punch Out. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm more like uh, Kamugawa from from Hajime no Ippo. Oh or, yeah, Kamugawa. There you go. But yeah, Freddy basically, <laughs> it, it all boils down to the fact yeah. you're not the Pokemon. You're the guy yeah. telling the Pokemon right. what to do. Okay, guys. Yeah. You're the trainer. Yeah, you're yes. the trainer. Okay. Yeah, so mostly the trainer. Mm. Yeah, and 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 and, and like uh, monster hunter elements. Yeah, you can you can you can. Uh, uh, sorry, John. Uh, 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 sorry about this. Uh, those buttons over there, uh, L one, one X, two X. What is that? It just yeah, shows yeah, how uh, how sped up. It, it, yeah, uh, the matches. That's the that's the speed. Uh, mm, if you speed. want, if you want to to speed up the the fight, you can mm. go ahead and. Uh, put it to, to four times the speed of the game, so so you can just... If you know your boxer is gonna be overwhelming the other guy anyway, you don't want to watch him pummel the other guy to the ground. You know, uh, spend that time watching him. You can just four exit and then just speed through it, and then you know, just get to the end of the of of that round. So that because yeah. you know that you're gonna be winning. So yeah. that's yeah. a pretty that's but, a pretty good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's one yeah. way. But uh, as for me, I, I'm 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 kind of an old fashioned guy for mm. for watching boxing. I I'd, I'd rather just watch them <laughs> duke uh, it out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, duke it out. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
yeah it's it's much more fun than to to watch to watch us that Well, I have to admit because we Filipinos love boxing. We Filipinos love yeah. boxing. Pacquiao is basically national hero for us. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao my, is national hero for us. So. Yeah, my, my grandfather was one. Oh, he was. Yeah, very oh, okay, cool. Uh, uh, no, no, uh, only a, a boxing. Oh, okay. I thought he was he was a professional. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, no, he's the a last fan. Last time that uh, <laughs> I know he's watching was Mano Mano Pro Boxing on on I I I IBC thirteen. Mm. If you know, if every you know Sunday. the program, yeah, every Sunday, every Sunday, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. All right, excellent choice, Jansen. Um, yeah. World Championship Boxing Manager Two. Basically, it is uh, um, um, a sim, shall we say, a sim game of being able to uh, build up a boxer uh, and build him up uh, in the ranks so that you uh, he becomes world champion. That is, yes. uh, that is uh, Jansen's first recommendation. All right, excellent. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I just, I was just gonna say, for mm. a boxing game, they move relatively slow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's re- it's really the, the animation is simple. It looks like yeah, uh, yeah. it's, they, they, it's they really it simple on, on this one. Yeah, focusing on it's whether or not you're for a successor to the Punch Out series, honestly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it certainly does. It certainly yeah. does look like it's I mean, one of those. It, it looks, it looks nicely animated. Um, I, I, this may sound strange, but the way they're punching, it cut. I'm sort of, it sort of reminds me of those uh, punching sessions from that uh, NES game, Blades of Steel, the hockey one. Oh yeah, yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> well, like that between two opposing uh, players. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that was always my favorite part in the game. <laughs> just, just seeing agreed. two players break out in the fight. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Well, By the um, way, I, I always love that mechanic. Sorry, JDM, you were about to say. No, that's no, good. Ah, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Greg's finished. Uh, you were about to say uh, JDM. Uh, yeah, uh, I searched Theodore Roosevelt and what I saw here, uh, while he was at Harvard, mm. he participated in rowing and boxing. So, oh, and so that's he was the reason. Also once, uh, okay, um, understood. Yeah, he was also a boxer oh. back in, the, in his uh, college day. Okay, okay. Well, there you go. That explains it. I, it makes sense. All right, Jansen, let's hear your second recommendation for your indie game. For okay. people who might be interested in getting into the arena. All right. Uh, I was gonna say Factorio, but mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm I'm gonna lean on the much underdog one, mm-hmm. which is uh, Rise to Ruins. Rise to Ruins. Okay. This is a uh, uh, what you call this a city management simulator oh. uh, developed for five years by a single mm-hmm. person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so the story of the in this game you are uh, yes uh, so, yep it is a me, uh, medieval fantasy and dead colony survival yeah mm. that's exactly what it is uh, the oh, oh and also this is the first game I streamed and one of the greatest uh, indie town kingdom management game out there mm-hmm. uh, so yeah in this game uh, you set up your your village. And your role here is a uh, god. Mm. You are a, you are a deity. Mm. Uh, so you. I'm getting some serious uh, doom you, vibes you, just from the aesthetics here. Yeah. Yes. This is yeah. What what this is one of the most appealing one of the appeals of this game because it's all retro pixelated mm-hmm. and yeah and 
you you uh, in this game you just um, direct your people where where they gather resources like food, water, wood, uh, etc. And then sure sure you you should let uh, you should uh, what you call this. And as a god, you can also um, do your divine interventions on this, like help help them gather woods, uh, uh, grow their crops or something, and. And yet, uh, some of them might panic if, if they if, if they see a floating uh, log mm. uh, going over their heads. <laughs> yeah, you can you can also pick them up if you, if you want, but really they, they they'll just panic after. Mm. And, and yeah, uh, but also there's uh, like a tower defense uh, uh, style in this game because. Uh, every every night there will be hordes of uh, of of undead undead forces like like headless uh, mm-hmm. slimes skeletons and and, and more. Mm-hmm. They'll be attacking every night, so you also have to build defenses on this one. Mm-hmm. And also, I and and every day every every night uh, their forces grow stronger, so you have to also. Upgrade their 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 defenses. defenses. Ah. Yes. and also uh, as you expand, they also expand. So it's either you, it's either you su- you survive, mm-hmm. or or you can just over overwhelm them, mm-hmm. and until uh, until all of them are are really gone. Okay. But, yeah. Well, so, uh, like like has been mentioned by Greg uh, a moment ago, it does give off the the Dune vibes. If if people remember the old Dune Dune like uh, yes. Arrakis Dune, it mm-hmm. does come off as that. It does it seem like that, but it also seems to have a little bit of the for for uh, Sir Dan uh, Sir Dan Faulkner is going to love this. Uh, a little it reminds me a little bit of Actraiser for Super Ness in the fact that you yes. are trying Act to build. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, one of the gifts that uh, Joe sent over to me from australia by the way for those of you uh for for uh thank you very much job for that one he sent me a uh um uh, an ss copy of act razor one of the best games on this uh like resource management um it looks like uh rise to ruins has that aspect as well of you being having to control a village having them try to survive hordes of hordes of monsters and undead coming at them uh ever increasing in in numbers and in power and for those who are on the video portion who might have seen me turning my head sideways that was me putting the game onto my steam card by the way <laughs> because i'm going to be from, from from jansen's recommendation i am definitely going to be purchasing this this looks like it is going to be a lot of fun for me i love management games I love resource management games. I love games in the vein of ActRaiser and Dune Do So. This is a no-brainer purchase for me. Um, yes. It, it also reminds me of the game from Lionhead Studios, Black and White. Black and White, yeah. yes. I was about to say that. For those of you who, are, who don't <laughs> might not remember Black and White, it is a in the in the old uh, style of god games uh, except that in this case you were controlling in god in, in black and white you were controlling a gigantic creature helping out your villagers in this case you have direct intervention much like an act razor dan faulkner just mentioned indeed act razor is my my second favorite sns game i can totally see where you're coming from sir joel they're good with that one uh sir dan all right very cool good suggestions Dan jansen and because of you i am going to be spending on steam <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> thank you very much for that recommendation. <laughs> Luckily for me, good luck. Uh, good luck. Uh, thank you. Luckily <laughs> for me, as of this uh, podcast showing, it is 50% off on Steam. So uh, I lucked out on that. Thank you very much, Jensen. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, sorry, Jensen, right. do you have another Mega Cat game for us? Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, the last the last one I played was Kudzu. All right. Yeah. Okay. Kudzu. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, very let's quick do one. that. A very quick yeah, one. A, a quick, a very quick one. Uh, I'd say the overall overall experience is is this is like a Zelda game mm. where where you uh, Zelda game or, or more like a Metroidvania game where where the, where there are some uh, places that are not accessible at the moment, but mm. once you once you get once you get the the tools needed, you can. You can go ahead and 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 search for them and, and pass on them. So yeah, the the set uh, actually the kudzu is uh, a real plant that was. It's basically a was, grass, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's some it's some kind of weed the, mm. that that originated in Southeast uh, South Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, and then also imported in the North America. Uh, they, I think that it started as like a how do you call this? Uh, not, not really. I'm I'm, I'm not sure. Mm. But <clears throat> yeah, the kudzu is 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 more like a parasitical no- nowadays, in, mm-hmm. and not much really con- uh, contributing as a as a plant. So yeah, the this game. Uh, uh, tackles tackles the very the very plant and yeah there are some puzzles that that can be solved here like like this one uh, 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 once you kill once you get rid of the weevil it, it will shoot out the the kudzu and then open up the gates like that and so yeah uh, as I said uh, this is this is more like a uh, metroidvania I say it- I, I, I I would really uh, go fund on this one because mm-hmm. because I, I really like the the vibes of, of the game and yeah. it's uh it's coming out on uh, Game Boy uh, uh, yes yes Game Boy original yeah. right the DMG yes right they they have it on on the DMG soon mm-hmm. uh once once the Kickstarter I think the arrival of the cartridge would be on December of 2023 so. Yeah. That's another wonderful thing about uh, indie games. I think Greg is going to uh, agree with me th- with this one. Actually, I think everybody on the panel is going to be agree with me on this one. It does give life to all the original consoles that we have, that we had. So, uh, like Mega Cat Studios is coming out with actual physical cartridges of. Uh, ah, so I was uh, I was going to ask. So hmm. did Mega Cat Studios really design the game this way? Uh, it. Uh, it does make like a, like a game boy, like, a, like yeah. an OG yes. game boy yes, game. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. They, they, they oh, designed it okay. exactly as, as like this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, and, it doesn't look like uh, like an indie game. To be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. Mm, yes. It really. I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't mention it to me, I would assume mm. this is like an actual Game Boy game. <laughs> yeah, it yes. comes off as a very professionally made uh, Game Boy game, really. An original DMG Game Boy game, really. I wonder and, if it is, if this will work on uh, the Game Boy Advance because the Game Boy Advance has a... Uh, 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 right? DMG, uh, DMG... Like a lockout? 
Okay, I'll, I'll tell you when the card drop. Yeah, all right, there you go. <laughs> Chad Sim <laughs> is going to be is going to be giving us um, a special preview. Oh, okay. The actual uh, the actual card trade of Kudzu yeah. coming to Kickstarter in 23 and uh, right. Cat Studios. Very cool. <laughs> and I think everybody will agree with me the fact that it will give more life to our classic consoles like the Game Boy DMG, like the Super NES, like the like the Mega Drive. It all these amazing indie developers are yes. also developing for classic retro consoles. All right, so uh, I guess I'm gonna go first before uh, before I pass it off to Joe for uh, for his choices. Um, as captain, I will just toss out two very quick uh, <clears throat> two very quick games uh, that I have been playing recently. Uh, let me just share my screen here uh, so that uh, hopefully it does show up on on the panel i'm sharing it with joe right now hopefully he can toss it up onto the screen the first game that i am going to recommend is a game i am i am crap at platforming games i am absolute crap at them but for games like for a game like rogue this legacy. it's called rogue legacy if those of you who are not familiar with it rogue legacy is a game that came out uh most recently uh on pc if i remember correctly uh oh sorry about that the, the, is I'm, this on steam Uh, yes, it is on yeah. Steam, and I we'll play a little bit of that uh, a few go. months ago. Uh, no, I was recommended this game by my kid brother, mm. and I, I didn't really get much far farther into it though. It's it's a it's a very roguelike uh, roguelike uh, game where it, every stage is personally generated, so it's never the same. Uh, it's never the same game twice. You have. Um, different character actually you pass on yeah the legacy of your fighting the big bad sorry about that Joe. i'm having i'm experiencing technical difficult if you can throw up the the video footage on on screen that would be most uh, most helpful it is a metroidvania slash roguelike roguelike yeah. game where you handle one knight who has both strengths and deficiencies so one particular generation might have gigantism so that character is twice the size of your normal character but has a deficiency he might he might have uh, uh color blindness so he might not be able to see different colors on the screen so that is his disadvantage so he might not be able to do different kinds of enemies coming at him the enemy that might be coming at him he might be figuring throws out fire but it turns out that it throws out uh ice so that is his deficiency every time that you die every time that you die on this one it, it's not a one-hit kill though it's not a one-hit kill so that you have uh your health bar right there that you can also build up as you go through every single uh, every single stage but you have it's procedurally generated it is very rogue uh, it is very uh metroidvania our fearless leader in Pinay retro gaming mr velvet and Savala, would absolutely love this game because it it comes across as highly innovative uh highly um highly varied in terms of gameplay you are never going to be playing the exact same game twice and i would say it's it's something that it's uh it is something that it will test your metal in terms of your uh your uh reflexes and creativity in trying to solve the problem at hand so you have your limitations and that you are going to try to figure out how to go get around 
the idea of trying to solve that problem. So Dan Faulkner did say, actually, first things first, Miss Enslin Porter, uh, our co-panelist here, says, oh, Rogue Legacy got this free on Epic. Highly recommended, Miss Eileen. If you are looking for a good uh, run and jump platformer, sorry, platformer roguelite, this is the game to try. And Dan Faulkner yeah, says, Rogue Legacy is such a clever concept. It's exactly the type of innovation which the triple A's are lacking, as Greg suggested. There you go, Greg. It's, it's exactly the kind of innovation that we are looking for. So uh, that is my first recommendation. My second recommendation in terms of game uh, game to try, if you are looking for a if you are looking for an indie game, is something that would be near and dear to uh, arcade players' hearts. It's a game called Arcade Paradise. So. Those of you who are, I'm throwing up the screen right now uh, for Joe to show. Arcade Paradise th puts you in the shoes of somebody who inherits uh, a an arcade, shall we say. And all of these arcades harken yeah. back to the 90s style of arcade games. So you manage, uh, you manage first. It's a uh, it's it's uh, it's a laundromat. And this is at the, the back this, room this is an arcade, so every uh, you have to manage being running a laundromat, and at the same time an arcade in the back of the in the back of the laundromat. And it's all these mini games, but you get to unlock all these amazing '90s style arcade games that you will be able to play as as you as you play through the game. So all uh, of course laundromat management very important for you to get your everyday money. But uh, the actual uh, the actual arcade games that you get to play. Uh, let's move that forward. Will be more akin to the '90s style, you know, the uh, the yes. candy cabinets, the strike, uh, uh, all these amazing gravitar style games, all these amazing match three styles uh, st type of '90s games. You have to collect the money that people get uh, put into those those uh, arcades as well. It's not a triple A game, but it feels like a triple A game. But uh, it hits the two uh, two things that you love about that I love about. Indians, the the fact that the attention to detail about being able to uh, being able to have all these amazing homages to these arcade games, as well as managing your money, managing your time, because much like a lot of the games, uh, the uh, management games, anytime you pass a certain time that you are working, anytime that you pass two two a.m. If I remember correctly, if you pass two a.m., you fall down asleep and can't do any more work anymore much like a lot of other management games so this is the game that i highly recommend to those of you who, are, who want a good balance of time management resource management and arcade game it's a game called arcade paradise it is available right now on steam on ps5 on ps4 on, on switch if i remember correctly so that it's is two games game. in two, one two games if you like arcade simulation and laundromat simulation <laughs> Yes. <laughs> very true very true how, that is exactly how mm. i would really describe it so those are my two games that i would highly recommend rogue legacy and arcade paradise and, and those my, arcade games are uh, original as well right yes they are original they, so they, uh, it's they not are not just uh two games it's like multiple games. games a lot of games one. yes there's, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of gameplay in there so yeah i i, 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 I I saw so, so uh, indie games I, inside I, an indie yeah. game. Mm -mm. In <laughs> indie game, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, true. I, I, I saw Star Trek played this earlier. Yeah. Well, like indie games, and if you're playing all those arcade games at once, so very yeah. true, very true, yeah, very true, Greg. All right, so I'm passing it off to Joe. 
and uh, it's going to be his choice whether he's going to be tossing out his choices or if he's going to be putting forward the videos of our co-panelists who could not make it today. John. So let's put on the videos of some of our panel, uh, our panel that who are not able to join us for this episode. So we got Miss Charlene, Miss I, and Sir Dan. Uh, who submitted uh, their video uh, testimonials in regarding with their chosen indie games. And I would like for the guys right here, right now, to give their thoughts depending on uh, on their opinions about the games that are being discussed by Miss Eileen, Miss Charlene, and Sir Dan. So let's start off with the shortest one. We got Miss Charlene and her game of choice. Let's go to a place where everything is made of blocks where the only limit is your imagination hey guys how's it going my name is charlene from honoka 99 studio and today for my topic for timeless gamer is all about indie games so one of my favorite indie games that i ever played is minecraft i first started minecraft when i was back on high school so minecraft was originally created was back on 2009 greater by Marcus Pearson, also known as Notch, a Sweden video game creator who created this Minecraft to create an open world game for all players. So Minecraft is a three-dimensional game which you can create your own designs like game blocks or anything. You can also spawn your own animals like pigs, wolves, any animals that you thought. So Minecraft here is a most likely an open world. You can create everything here. There's survival mode. You can even actually mod your own game, hacks, everything. You actually created, you can actually do anything whatever you want. So um, that will be for my topic for today for Timeless. And I hope I can see you guys soon for the next one. So thank you, thank you everyone for joining in. Peace out. With no rules to follow, this adventure, it's up to you. Okay, so my pick for the indie games. Okay, Shadowrun Dragonfall. Okay, it's a Hairbrain Schemes 2014 follow-up to the excellent uh, Shadowrun Returns, which came out the year before, which is a murder mystery uh, isometric RPG. Um, this, again, is another isometric uh, turn-based Western RPG set in a, a cyberpunk world. Uh, I was a fan of the Sega Mega Drive stroke Genesis um incarnation back in the day so uh, when this come out i want to check it out and i really weren't disappointed um it's it's just a real quality product a real fantastic indie game that um that really feels like a a triple a game from a previous era because it's such a such a quality product if you're thinking games like you know Baldur's gate and um you know those those kind of uh, late 90s early noughties PC style isometric RPGs. This has that kind of quality, um, without a doubt. Um, there's some absolutely excellent writing in it. Some fantastic dialogue. It's, it's, a, it's a really, really, really well-paced game where they give you uh, plenty of depth uh, with the dialogue and the writing, but it's also not um, not too bloaty, not too padded out. So, um, so I, I really love the pace of this game. Um, it's got some. In really interesting and excellent character builds that you can um, experiment with. You know, shaman, hacker, uh, samurai, all the all the, all the um, stuff that people who are familiar with uh, Shadowrun and, and that type of series um, 
that you know, there's all there's all that they get stuck into. Um, some great characters in it. There's some really great characters. Some fantastic character development. You know, some of these characters have got some real mint backstories uh, that you really want to get into. Uh, and uh, and the world itself is it's an open world structure, but it's only a, a relatively small game. You could finish it in around uh, 15 hours. Uh, probably take about 18, 20 hours to 100 percent it. Um, but it is it is open world in the way it that that in. Uh, in the way that it interlinks with it itself, you know, it gives you a certain amount of freedom. It's not like a modern open world game, uh, but people who are familiar with the old games like uh, Baldur's Gate uh, will, will understand where I'm coming from with that. Um, it's it's available on various systems. It, it recently got a, a Switch port, but the Switch port is crap. It's um, it runs really badly. So I would say if you're going to play it, play it on PC. Um, but it's a it's a wicked game. It's a, you know, if you if you if you if you like polished um, turn based RPGs, you know, especially if you, if you want something a bit more bite sized and you've not got hundred hours to spend uh, on uh, on uh, modern games that seem to go on forever, this is definitely games check out. It's fantastic, and for me personally, it's one of the best RPGs in the uh, in the past ten years without a doubt. For me, this is better than stuff like Witcher Three. Easy. Okay, we've got Hard West, developed by Creative Forge Gamings in uh, 2015. Okay, uh, this is an isometric turn-based tactical RPG, uh, and it's set in the Wild West. Um, its uh, its theme is Wild West, but it's also got uh, a heavy, real heavy set of demonic overtones. You know, it's, it's really a horror western um, RPG, without a doubt. Um, these these overtones aren't just uh, obviously just uh, for show either. You can do stuff like transform into demons and use various demonic powers. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the, they're implemented really well in the gameplay mechanics of this game. Uh, and uh, one standout example of that is um, your characters can take injuries, uh, so you'll get you'll get you know like a you know like a shot to the leg, which slows your movement down. But if your character survives, that will then heal. And then that will uh, give you um, a, a, a bonus on top of that. So you'll still probably be slower, but then you'll have a toughness bonus as well. And the way it incorporates its demonic elements into the game is absolutely superb. It is, it is a, a, a really, really well-woven, well-thought-through game, without a doubt. Um, but what makes what makes this for me, what makes it for me is um, it's, it's so, so incredibly atmospheric. It is, it is amazingly atmospheric. And for me, this has probably got best voiceover work I have ever heard uh, in a game. Uh, Death narrates the game, and it is delicious just listening to that dude speak and his dulcet, dark, but sultry overtones. On the, on, on, you know, it just, the game just drips brilliance. It really is quality. And, uh, um, it's, it's just it's just got this wonderful bleakness to it all around. I mean, this is this is a game, Hard West, that you you you. There's no winners here, man. You, you know you you you. It's just really about killing and hurting as many people as you can uh, until like, everyone's dead. And it, you know, it's just it's it's just you know all about death and revenge. It really is, and it's really 
you know, I'd say bittersweet game, but it's not that sweet even. You know what I mean? The sweetness in here is so small. Um, and it's a really well balanced game. Um, um, it's got a, it's got a look system which plays alongside your um, your health uh, energy bar. And it's a bit hard to explain, but basically that the look system is it gives you opportunities to to take risks uh, and how risky you are and how how you act um, basically sees how long you survive. So you, you've got to be you've got to be smart with it. Uh, it's got a really good difficulty balance. Um, most people uh, will, will finish it, but it will test you on your normal level. And they are difficult setting. It's it's not a brute. It's not brutal at all. But it will give you another step up to enjoy uh, when you when you get to that as well. Um, it's got a sequel, um, but I've not played the sequel yet. So I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into that sometime. Uh, but Hard West is a, definitely a cracking, a really you know, just a, a beautifully, beautifully crafted game, fantastically crafted game. So yeah, there. That's uh, what I'd recommend. Get it tucked in. Into your own hands. Either way. Hi everyone, welcome to Timeless Gamer. This is Ashley Porter, and I'm gonna talk about two of my favorite indie games. First is One Finger Death Punch, which is a fighting game. It's made by a Canadian indie studio called Silver Dollar Games, who's been in the industry for 14 years. The game was originally released for the Xbox 360 on June 2013 and Windows as well as ports to Android and iOS in 2015. What I like about this game is that it doesn't take up much hard disk space, it's just 200 MB. It's easy to load, easy to play, you just have to press the left and right mouse buttons or the left and right directional keys. The game gets challenging as it goes on, with different sequences and different gameplay elements. You can also have different power-ups as aid in different types of games, and stages. There is a variety of kung fu styles in the game and it looks legit. Um, don't take my word for it, I'm not an expert, but it looks uh, legit, yeah. Uh, the game also has team achievements. Uh, what's bad in this game? I'm not sure if there really is no cloud save because I remember finishing all the levels and when I reinstalled the game, it did not exist. The saves I mean. So I had to play everything again from the beginning, which is quite a pain, but it makes for good um, replayability, I think. Yeah, maybe so. Um, some people also say it might feel repetitive after playing for quite a while, because again, it's just left and right mouse buttons. Not sure if this is bad, maybe, but this, like I said, is just 200 MB, but the sequel is 2.5 gig. Yeah. My second game that I love in the game is called Guacamelee, which I quickly mentioned in our Halloween special last 2022. This is a hybrid 2D Metroidvania-style action platform and brawler, which draws inspiration from traditional Mexican culture and folklore. This is another Canadian game, which is made by the Toronto-based indie game developer called Drinkbox Studios. This game was initially launched in April 2013 for PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita. It was later on ported to MS Windows and OS X and Linux in 2013 and 2014. The enhanced edition entitled Super Turbo Championship Edition was released for the Wii U 
Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox 360 in July 2014. Later on, it was ported to the Nintendo Switch in October 2018. So what's good about this game? This one also does not take up much hard disk space with just 800 megabytes. It features the Mexican culture, especially the Dia de los Muertos or the Day of the Dead. You can appreciate this game especially if you've watched the movie Coco. It features Lucha Libre or Mexican Wrestling, Papel Picado, the paper cut-out banners that they use during festivities. It also features the agave plant which is a flowering succulent indigenous to central Mexico which yields byproducts such as spirits, binding agents and sweeteners, alibrijes or the Mexican spirit animals, marigold flowers which is a connection between life and death, ofrenda which is the altar created by family members of a deceased person, and then chickens because they play a huge role in Mexican cuisine. Also what's good in this game is that you can unlock different combos that make for fun gameplay and help unlock areas needing special moves. There's a great story, humor, colorful environment, cloud saves, and steam achievements. So what's bad about this game? Um, personally, I play on the PC and it's difficult to play with a keyboard. You need a controller for this one. You cannot make combos on the keyboard. Well, you technically can but it's gonna be hard. <laughs> There's that. And another complaint by other people is that it is short. So those are my two favorite indie games. I hope you try them in the future and I hope you like them too. So back on to the Timeless Gamer panel. Thank you and see ya. All right. All excellent right. choices. It's, it's, nice. oh my goodness. Okay. I, I guess, um, uh, uh, in the for the for the sake of uh, for the sake of brevity, because we're running we're running close to the two hour limit already. Uh, let's just have quick responses from everybody uh, in the panel from their most from the most favorite game that they saw in uh, from our co panelists' videos. Then let's start with Greg. Let's hear what your most favorite one from the ones that that, that were shown by our co panelists are. Just one and why you liked it. Um, I would say. I would say Hard West from Dan. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I haven't played almost all of those games, I mean, Hard West definitely looked in the most interesting. I mean, being a tactical RPG and being set in the West, too. Uh, my, my brother, especially, was a huge fan of John Wayne movies growing up. And so it, there, there is there is kind of uh, there's and, and consider it's it's horror, uh, theme, it's horror vibes as well. And yeah, that, 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 I, I would say I would say that's the most interesting out of all the out of those indie games. I would say yeah, that that one appealed to you. All right, how about Jansen? Choose one from the ones that uh, that were shown and tell us why you liked it. Mm -hmm. Okay, the one that I like like the most on, on, on the recommendations there is was Anslin Porter's Stick Figure. Mm. Yeah. One figure that, death punch. Yeah, there you go. The, yeah, that one appealed to me because uh, if you were if you were on on one of the players on Newgrounds before, there was there was a game as well that that, that is called I'm, I'm Stick not sure Fighter. It's I a think. Game. Yeah, Shao Fighter or Shao Shao. Fighter. Shao Shao. Okay, there you yeah. go. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. that one too. <laughs> yes, yes. Insane. So, so that that really reminded me of that. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's, that's a great one. Okay, very good. One finger death punch for Johnson. How about you, JDM? Which ones of the one that were shown of which one of the ones that were shown appeal to you the most? Yeah, I like. I would like to play uh, Guacamole. Mm. Uh, Guacamole. The one, um, that one was uh, good. 
Yeah. yeah. The one uh, Eileen uh, recommended mm-hmm. because it's a platform. I although I'm not a fan of uh, platform games, mm-hmm. but it really appealed to me because of the of course the, the wrestler. Uh, yes, the lucha the libre. Uh, There you go. <laughs> the, the lucha libre uh, uh, theme of the mm-hmm. game and. I think it's going to be a platform game for me, mm-hmm. and also, uh, yeah, uh, the art style. I like the art style. It reminds me of um, Natural Libre. Oh, Natural Libre. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. We good callback. Good callback. <laughs> I remember Natural Libre. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Natural. Oh my gosh. <laughs> As for me. I'll, I'll be going. I'll be going a little bit. <clears throat> I'll be going a little bit uh, off of every uh, off of away from everybody's recommendation. Funniest thing is, I would actually, if I had the time and if I were a little bit younger, I would definitely go for Minecraft. I know it's not technically uh, an indie game now because of the fact that it was acquired by Microsoft, but it started off as an indie game programmed by one single person. Uh, I think his name yes. is Notch. And of course, as as a as an old guy, I remember playing with Lego Legos when I was young. Lego still appeal still appeal to me. I might not have the manual dexterity anymore to construct all those thousand uh, thousand piece sets anymore. But Minecraft looks like it might be something that would appeal to me as a as a Lego as a Lego player from from the old days. You could build anything that you like. You can build what you want. Uh, this was the recommendation by Miss Charlene, and you could actually have them function in certain ways. I do recall news of somebody building an actual full blown computer in a Minecraft server one time long ago. A full blown, fully functional computer. Think about that: a fully functional computer inside of a computer that you're playing. So it's like <laughs> mind boggling to me. So it's 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 like. Uh, one of those things that really stretches the limits of your imagination, and thanks to indie games because of that. So passing off, passing it off back to Joe. Let's hear what he has to say about indie games. Maybe he can offer up his suggestions as to what indie games that he likes. And you know, in the end of it, kind of, uh, kind of close off it. All right. 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 Um, in regards with the other panelists' games, I would say Shao Shao Shao. Uh, one finger death punch. <laughs> one finger death punch. There you go. Because it's like uh, it, it, it's so stupidly fun in a good way. <laughs> yes. It's yes. like watching. Uh, it's like watching the the church scene oh, of from, Kingsman. Uh, from Kingsman. Yes. Yes. yes there you go. Stick figure. <laughs> right. There you go. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, for my game, uh, I can only recommend. Well, I only played one, so mm. um, time constraints and everything, which is okay. So with one game that I have, which I which I only played the first hand, uh, I'm an RPG guy. So uh, so in preparation for this episode, I saw I went through a few boards, I went through a few videos, and the one thing that they kept on clamoring the best indie JRPG out there is something called Chained Echoes. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Right? Chained Echoes. Yeah. Oh. There you go. It's Chain Echoes. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> what can I say about Chain Echoes? Well, Chain Echoes is a uh, a love letter of sorts to all of the gamers who were raised by the JRPGs of the nineties. Mm. Um, the developer Matthias Linda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a German game developer, and he was inspired by the classic titles 
during his younger gamer years, uh, he would dabble on with this game called RPG Maker and nothing but his creativity and imagination he tried to recreate the same enjoyment after playing his favorite RPGs so Chain Echoes is a mashup of all of the notable 90s JRPGs that uh, that were most remember that they were most remembered for from the 16-bit visuals and navigation of Terranigma and Secrets of Evermore the character designs reminiscent of Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm. To the giant mechs of Xenogears and Vanguard Bandits. To the battle mechanics of Final Fantasy VI. To the skill system of early Star Ocean and Tales of games. To the equipment and stat boosting of Final Fantasy VII. To the story progression and world building uh, reminiscent of Tsukiden 2 and Legend of Dragoon. And some other bits and pieces of uh, other 90s JRPGs dashed here and there. But according to the uh, according to one interview that he had, Mr. Linda tried his best not to blatantly copy uh, <laughs> the best aspects of his favorite games. Of course. There are no random encounters in this game. All are visible in the field, much like Chrono Trigger. Full disclosure, for those of you My... who are not in the know, uh, one of our <laughs> co-panelists, Mr. Dan Faulkner, is, uh, has an animosity towards uh, with Chrono, Chrono Trigger. Trigger with Chrono Trigger. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm imagining Dan, uh, Dan having uh, it blowing his top right now that Joe mentioned it. But anyway, <laughs> continue. And Joe. I, I would say Chrono so... Trigger was the first game that ever got me invested in a story. Just throwing oh. it out there. Yeah. Well, uh, you yeah. and Sir Dan will have a wonderful time talking to each other. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, um, <laughs> so I, I in this so particular game, episode, okay, continue. Uh, so there are two special meters during battle that can turn the tide. Ooh. First is the ultra move meter, which allows the characters to pull off their individual special attacks, okay. just like Final Fantasy VII or Wild Arms. Uh, the second one would be the overdrive meter. It's a it's a tug of war. Uh, Me- uh, mechanism which gives either your party or your enemy some added advantages. If it's on the green, then that means uh, you, you'll have more attack and you'll receive less attack. If it's on the red, it's vice versa. So it's argu- arguably one of the unique things about Chain Deck Host. The battle is turn based with an active character turn counter, just like Final Fantasy Tactics, as you can see there in the screen. Uh, you can have a total of eight playable party members with four on the active front lines, while the other four can tag in if necessary. The characters do not gain experience points for some reason to level up by defeating enemies. However, instead you only get skill points to improve the efficacy of your character's repertoire of attacks. To get more skills, you need something called Grimoire Shards, which you can only get by defeating boss fights. Uh, receive as rewards from quests or as treasure boxes, treasures. And the skill pool is a nod to uh, to the star uh, to the second Star Ocean game in Final Fantasy VII, the materia system. And at times there are certain banter's between characters that would just open up in the middle of a quest. Uh, it's a nod to the skits seen in Tales of Games. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you reach a certain point of the game, of course, you will control giant robots called Sky Armors to fight bigger enemies. And as far as the plot, uh, it is your typical fantastical world where swords, magic, 
different species and giant robots, uh, you know, coexist with uh, with each other, you know, uh, the usual stuff, you know. <laughs> war is the raging. The, uh, so war is everywhere. Uh, everything's on fire. Uh, each major nation is having their own motivation for the existing conflict. Your characters themselves start as innocent as they are. Uh, they have their own backstories, uh, their own decisions as they travel around together. Uh, start off like finding someone's cat, and then eventually you'll uh, you'll fight God for some. And, yeah, and then you'll, pretty much. Yeah. And you'll yourself, <laughs> How did I get here? Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Um, ultimately, it will shift the balance of power of the ruling dominion. And Chain Echoes, published by Deck 13 Spotlight, and was officially released digitally in December of 2022 last year for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, Xbox S, and X Series, and also Steam. Oh, and for those of you who have Game Pass, it's on Game Pass as well. There you go. Greg is so happy. Double on Xbox. Oh, and with Deck. Uh, and with Deck 13 Spotlight being based in Germany, the physical release, it's just limited edition, guys, will be released as a PAL uh, in, in PAL oh, format. Okay. Um, so uh, and currently available for pre-order now, actually, for the Nintendo Switch and the PS4. Mm-hmm. It's intended to be released uh, this last quarter of this year, 2023. Mm-hmm. And I did a few. Uh, I did some. Uh, I did some digging, and it's only 690 megabyte. Into uh, oh, that's how really big good. it is. And I'm like, if they release this as a PlayStation One game, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it kind of looks yeah. like it in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if they intended it to be that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's big enough no. to be a PlayStation One game. No, to be that's honest. not mm. that's not big at all, actually. I mean, considering, like I said, for AAA games now, it's just multi gigabyte monstrosities. Like the, the nice thing about indie games, I, I think I'm I'm not sure if anybody's mentioned this, is how efficient the developers are with the 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 optimization of how how large their games can get. They are very very conscious about how large. Like Miss Eileen mentioned this actually. Miss Eileen uh, of Ensign Porter mentioned this in her video. She's very happy that a lot a lot of the indie games that she's played are very small in hard disk size. It's extremely important, especially for other countries like the Philippines, who have who don't have extremely fast internets, so that they can download it quickly. They can get get to the gameplay right away. So it's it's something that's very important for a lot of gamers still in various parts of the world. They can the highly op- Optimized nature of indie games. They can the small size. I, I think Greg would agree with me on this one. Uh, Greg, uh, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. I'm just getting more and more tired of how these bigger uh, AAA games, especially, are tr- putting out all these big, you know, 100, 200, 300 gig uh, video games that that just take so long to download uh, on your hard drive. I mean, mm-hmm. I run off a. Uh, fi- 500 gig solid state drive uh, on my PC uh, out, of, out of the three hard drives I got on there. And that's what I mainly use to download my video games on. And one thing I always hate is uh, downloading uh, like a hundred plus gigabyte video game only to finally hit the play button and then suddenly be- get hit with another 80 gigabyte update. update. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, come on! I want to play my game. <laughs> so, 
so it, it's always the worst for me and so I, I i am glad i am glad that a lot of indie games are not like that i mean i, I try i try to set a goal goal for myself uh to not play any kind of game that's over like 10 or 20 gigs on my hard drive basically or if if i I would only make an exception if it's a game I really, really want to play. But if I want to play those bigger games, I want to get like a separate hard drive I can plug into my PC. You know, because because that's because that's never that's that's never efficient for me. Like like Joel was saying. Go and it's it's uh, and this coming from Joe, the guy who says that he's only played it a, <clears throat> a certain uh, for a short time, he was able to go into depth into this one with how many homages and how many references to various JRPGs there are with Chain Echoes. Good rundown, Jaw. So I, as what um, Sergio described, this game is like a like the Frankenstein uh, Frankenstein <laughs> monster of the yes. of uh, yes. RPG. Because <laughs> anyway. you have um, Final Fantasy Tactics, you have Chrono mm. Trigger, you have Tales, Star Ocean. you have, you have yeah, Star Ocean. Ocean. So yeah. it's like that Frankenstein, Frankenstein monster. Yeah, but in a good way. Joe would say in a good way. Very good way. Very good. No, I mean, if, if you're if you're going to pay homage to the to the classics, this is how you do it. I mean, as I play this game um, hour per hour. It uh, it dawned on me on how meticulous and how uh, it. Sh- I kind of I kind of fe- I kind of felt that the developer really did uh, put heart into this game. Mm. Like the respect was in uh, the love and respect was put into this game. Um, despite uh, despite the glaring similarities to the uh, uh, to, to the other games, but uh, this is just him. Mm, uh, paying tribute uh, to the classic JRPGs that uh, that we grew up uh, we grew up with during the the 16-bit era of the SNES and the place uh, and the PlayStation One, um, and it has giant robots, guys. I mean, it's just an automatic win, giant robots all the way. <laughs> and and that's the, that's the thing, though. I mean, it's really hard to find that balance between uh, homage and just straight up rip off. And I, I guess that's the, that's the thing about indie game developers. It, 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 it all boils down to this: indie games are passion projects. They are uh, they are they they can't afford to have too many uh, too many waste moments, shall we say, wasted moments, uh, wasted resources, wasted uh, moments inside of the game itself, wasted time because they know they have a very small window to appeal to whoever is playing. So that really behooves whoever is developing an independent game to try to catch to try to squeeze as much quality as they can uh, from whatever they're doing so i guess that is the best thing about indie games greg really really gave us an amazing topic to talk about for this podcast episode and i think i'm sharing a little something with with jot that that he might be interested in right now if you if you can throw that up onto the screen jot you might you might be interested uh to have you know to pre-order that if you get the chance, you know your Chain Echoes Super Limited Edition Physical Switch wow. release. I I already pre-ordered mine for the PS4. <laughs> okay. There you no, go. No, no, I already did. Actually, I already did. Um, when 
uh, when Sir Greg mentioned that we're doing the uh, no. mm. the indie game, mm. so I so I check for chain echoes, mm. and I'm like, is this a is there a physical release of this game? And then yes. I went to their website, and mm-hmm. yeah, they said, oh yeah, uh, pre-orders are, pre-orders are uh, are in. Mm-hmm. However, in PAL format, mm-hmm. uh, so they're going to release in PAL format, uh, multi-language PAL format, and the Japanese version as well. There you go. So, there's no US uh, release uh, as far as I know. Ah, there's no US release yet. Uh, I hope they do. I hope they do. Uh, a little yeah, bit of a I mean, just, just get the PAL English release, and you should be I good. Guess so. <laughs> I guess so. A little bit of a heads up to Greg because we are we are here at Timeless Gamers, and a lot of our audience are also collectors. We love our digital games. But we love our physical more because with physical somehow you have a little bit more control over what you're what you're playing. So uh, wrap it all up then, Joe. Uh, that is our show, and that's our show, guys. So uh, before we end the show, <laughs> I would like to uh, let's do some uh, closing remarks mm. and shameless plugging. Shame. All right, let's closing go with Sir JDM. JDM closing remarks time. about indie games and where they can find you. Yes. Alright, so indie games, uh, what's not to like? Um, it has um, genres. Uh, if you're looking for different genres, it got, got it's got RPGs, platformers mostly. You have uh, story-driven games, point-and-click games, everything. So it's not just the AAA games that's um, dominating the gaming uh, industry. It's also the indie games. Uh, Right now, it's like uh, it's almost fifty-fifty, right? The mm-hmm. uh, so uh, you might want to try uh, indie games as well. Uh, you might want to um, enjoy the games that they put out in the market and support those uh, uh, small um, develop uh, developer uh, game developer company. And also, um, you can catch me on One Two Three Go Retro on Twitch TV. I mostly stream um, action stealth games and also random games every Friday afternoon uh, Philippine time. So catch me there. All right. All right. Thank you for that, Sir JDM. How about Sir Jansen? Closing remarks and where can they find you? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll just keep it simple on you. First, indie games are made by developers with, uh, with dedication, passion, and they really spend time on this one. So better support them. So All right. yeah, where can they find so, you? That, uh, so yeah, I'm Page Name Required. You can find me on Twitch, uh, Kick, and on Facebook. And also, uh, I'll be hosting some of the streams on Dinner uh, Retro Gaming. So yeah, I'll see you there. Excellent. All right, thank you for that, Sir Jansen. And of course, our guest panel for tonight's episode, the one who suggested the indie game. Sir Greg, your closing remarks about the indie game scene and where can they find you? Um, closing remarks, I would say, yeah, that the indie game scene, I think is going to drive the entire industry for the AAA game scene is pretty much going down down the toilet further and further as time goes on i think more and more people are going to continue start start and continue supporting these smaller video games uh that they're being put in and out whether on steam switch xbox whatever floats your boats i would i would say not not every indie game works for the record um there have been a few clunkers out there there even have been a few uh horror stories that, that have come out recently. Most recent one being the Outbound Ghost, I should say. 
it, all, all, all the trouble that's been going on between the developer and the publisher there. But aside from that, the indie game scene, it, 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 it's thriving like we've never seen before. I would say, uh, we hope that these, uh, I hope that these recommendations that we all gave will give you an idea of where to start if you haven't checked into the indie scene in video gaming. So get, I, I still recommend Pizza Tower and Geometry Wars. Uh, and there's there's a whole slew of indie games I could recommend as well, but uh, the the slot of time could only allow so much. So that that's that's pretty much where that's pretty much where I can leave you there. Um, where you can find me, I'm always hidden. <laughs> I, really don't, I really don't have a direct source. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly fine. You can definitely find Greg uh, on Facebook. And uh, the recommendations that Greg would probably have, we'll have a list of it. We'll make sure to put it up on the Pinero Retro Gaming page. Uh, we'll ask Greg for his highly recommended indie games. And we'll put it up for people to peruse on our Facebook page. And if you guys want, you can check it out on our personal pages as well. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Sir Greg. And the one leading the charge for tonight's show, Sir Joel. Closing All remarks right. on where they can find you. All right. Excellent. Uh, closing remarks for indie games. Again, I completely agree with everybody here in the panel. Indie games are the way to go nowadays. Uh, the classic uh, AAA high quality releases have come and gone. And honestly, you can count on the, on the fingers of one hand the number of AAA games that you might really be interested in buying that have everything that indie games might have. Innovation, passion, uh, uh, interesting mechanics, uh, the graphics that really appeal. Uh, sure, the in, triple eight games might have the graphics but you know they're kind of lacking in everything else so i would highly recommend get out of your comfort zone check out the indie game scene because you know you might find something there that you've been looking around for that you never knew that you were looking around for mm. so um uh, uh this is i'm joel buckley of the you know uh you know, gamer abroad facebook gaming page part of you know, retro gaming network also streaming on twitch.tv and on the brand new platform kick.com streaming random games streaming at random times my current passion is fishing games that you guys were probably not going to be not going to be interested in but you know i like them so i would say catch me whenever you can however you can and i'm always going to be available for questions if you guys want to ask back to you john all right uh so closing remarks in regarding with indie games um i would like to thank sir greg about uh for this episode because doing this episode is a <laughs> reminder to everyone it's a reminder to everyone that just because a game was released by a major gaming developer, major gaming studio, doesn't necessarily mean it's gold. Um, it reminded me that even if it's not stellar 4K graphics, as long as the gameplay is enjoyable, it doesn't really matter what kind of. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit, 64-bit, 8-bit. Four bit, <laughs> Tiger Games. No, well, I, I mean I would I, mean, I would still go for those. That, <laughs> I mean, even the one that Sir Jansen mentioned, uh, Kutsu. I didn't know that's a uh, that's an indie game. I, for all I know, it's just a regular Game Boy game. Mm -hmm. So uh, and uh, so Sir Greg is right. So it does, um, the triple A games being released right now uh, with all the concept bugs being released and the microtransactions and then the and then the indie games being released right now, pretty much complete. They uh, 
all that you paid for as Very long true. as you uh, as long as you get good reviews you get good word of mouth eventually that's your distribution model right there and it's also a good reminder that these triple a games more often than not came from small developers as well minecraft is a good example of that before they got bought by microsoft i mean say what you will about the simplicity or blockiness of the of minecraft it still sold over 230 million copies Mm. Cuphead is also a good example mm. of an indie game hitting it big, mm. right? So it all takes one uh, one creative guy and a dream, passion, creativity, and because of the uh, sometimes w- when we're so limited with such restriction, uh, when we're limited, we don't have any funding, uh, we don't enough, uh, we don't get enough funding. Or we're restricted to the technology with the technology that we have. It forces us to be more creative. It forces us to be more imaginative within those borders. And that's a um, so that's another con- that's another reminder on uh, on why we should support the indie uh, the indie game scene. You can you will catch our show guys on our YouTube channel, which is Timeless Gamer PRG. Uh, uh, we're also available in our main site uh, on our Facebook page. Pinoy Retro Gaming and also our Twitch channel, uh, Pinoy Retro Gaming as well. Uh, Pinoy Retro Gaming as well. And for our uh, the the edited audio format of our of our shows uh, are still available on the major podcast audio streaming platforms out there. I will not gonna list them all. They're so, they're so tasking to mention <laughs> all one by one. And I would like to thank our chat. Uh, our chat people who stayed, um, uh, Sir uh, Sir Dan, uh, Miss Eileen, uh, Miss Charlene, um, who, who can't be here uh, joining us to the show, but uh, thank you for Sir Dan, Miss Eileen, and Miss Charlene for for submitting their uh, their video testimonials there in the games of choice, and yeah, that that's it, guys. And as always, our games in the bodies may grow out of date, but. Our gaming experiences will forever remain. Hey, I'm uh, All right. Thanks Bye-bye very guys. much, everybody. We'll see you guys Bye-bye. on the next show. Bye. Bye.